Hello, and welcome to the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara, a photographer and creative director for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands and professionals, and your host of Real Talk with Tamara. So this podcast covers actionable, down-to-earth business and lifestyle advice for creative entrepreneurs who aspire to make an impact in their communities while keeping it real, of course. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And comments are currency, so please leave a comment. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Money, money, money. We all need it. We all want more. We're all trying to figure out how to get it. And since starting my business, I've seen so much confusion around charging. And moreover, it seems that talking about money and getting guidance from others in your industry seems like a taboo topic. And so I really wanted to try to demystify the idea of pricing with this episode. And I'm not going to say that this will completely remove the veil, but I truly hope that it helps. During this episode, I won't be sharing the exact numbers of how much you should charge, but I do find whenever I attend events or am speaking on panels, a conversation about price comes up. And the person asking almost with anticipation expects someone to say, yes, you can charge $2,000 for your package or $200 an hour and, and this person can go on their merry way. But to be honest with you, pricing just doesn't work that way. Pricing really comes down to understanding a few factors which we'll cover in this episode and doing what works for you. And furthermore, if there's only one thing that I'll say, even though I'm about to say a lot, but you can honestly charge whatever you want. Your price truly is your price. Your job is once you've stated your price, you need to be able to speak to the transformation to your ideal clients and be able to back that shit up. So let's start talking about what happens when you price too low. For starters, low pricing can lower the perception of your brand. So think when people say that they don't want to lower their vibrational energy to meet someone at a low vibration, low pricing can work the same way. But here's the thing. When we first start our business, we naturally compete based on price or simply price lower based on our expertise or lack thereof, and understandably so. We also charge lower as an incentive to build a clientele or portfolio. This may be an unpopular opinion, but I'm actually totally for this method. I think there is a learning curve for everything that we do, and offering a special introductory rate can certainly benefit a business. The key is making sure you use the right verbiage. So instead of saying a discounted rate, say special rate or introductory rate. This keeps the perception of your service intact and also gives a feeling of exclusivity. It makes the buyer think, I'm getting this amazing service at an awesome rate because I know it's definitely going to increase. So they're just like getting in there prior to prices going up. And also this period is when you get to take out any kinks or smooth out your process. Because when you start any business, you simply don't know what you don't know. And you become exposed to more knowledge and insight in the doing. When I first 
started, I didn't charge for the first six months. I felt in control the entire time because of the offer that I was providing and the timing of the service. It was during a time when Instagram was still chronological. New brands were popping up in my neighborhood and I offered my expertise in exchange for a portfolio building. And if they love the images, I only ask for credit on their social media platforms. Keep this in mind though, I was still working various part-time jobs. Like I was not out here, like not making money. I still needed to pay bills. But it was a sign of faith and foolishness. In hindsight, I could have charged, but I honestly didn't even think about it. I really loved what I did. I knew I was onto something and I wanted to make sure that it worked. After six months of testing and portfolio building, I did begin to offer paid packages because there needs to be a deadline to your testing. You cannot stay in beta forever because you need to get paid. And while I didn't have a detailed explanation of the value or really understand how to speak to the transformation, I became quite comfortable saying my rates were four figures and pricing is trial and error. There is no one formula aside from the revenue minus cost equals your profit. My idea of a great profit can look very different from yours. As a service-based business competing on price, is a losing game. The lower you go, the lower your standards, the lower your client pool, the lower the perception. So do not get stuck in the pricing game because you will lose. This leads to the next thing that happens when you lower your rates. The less money you have, the more problems you'll have. When you're a black woman trying to build a business, you are the venture capitalist for your business. This means that you are funding it. And we all know the statistics. In 2018, out of the 85 billion, not million, but billion in venture capital funding, only 2.2% of it went to women. And women of color got less than 1%. Not even a whole percent. Actually, I don't even think it was a half of a percent. So this leads me to ask the question, why are you out here offering discounts? I share this example a lot, but imagine your original rate is $1,000 for your service. But now for a surge of cash, you offer a $200 discount. Let's say five clients sign up for uh, your service during that discounted rate offer. Yeah, you got five clients, but you just lost a G, which was a whole client. I'm not saying you shouldn't show appreciation for your clientele. But there are other ways of doing so. Send amazing gifts to your existing clientele, the people who will be amazing referrals for your business. Give Starbucks gift cards, incentivize, but keep those discounts to a minimum or just don't do it. You'll have more work to do and reach burnout faster than you expected. This leads me to the next thing that happens when you lower your rates. You'll begin to train your audience to work with you on a sales cycle, and as a result, start resenting your clients. And you hate to see it, but the more frequent your discounts are, the more your clientele will simply wait to book with you until then. Do not train your audience to work with you when you're half off because eventually, you will wake up resenting them. You may not feel it immediately, but eventually, it'll creep up on you.
I share these experiences or these reasons rather because I've either experienced it or have seen other service-based business owners clench their teeth when experiencing these things. So let's talk about the flip side. What happens when you increase your rates? Aside from shopping at Whole Foods a little bit more, you can consider outsourcing tasks, giving you more space to work on not in your business, which I know is a popular phrase that we hear today. Delegation and automation, two of my favorite things, will save you time and money in the long run. You'll be able to do more networking, have the space to think high level and strategize for your business, or maybe pick up a hobby. And I didn't realize how much more I can delegate or how much time I had until I was able to afford it and run my business the way I wanted to. And listen, delegating can be as simple as investing in online programs to manage your scheduling, or paying for grocery delivery, or elevating your photo gallery delivery service. I'm all about paying money if it's going to make my life easier. One of my girlfriends gets on me about this because if there's something that I want done and I can't do it as fast or as great, I immediately think about finding the money to pay to get it done. The thought process being, I'm not always busy, so why not do it myself? First of all, one, I hate being busy for the sake of, and two, I don't have a superwoman complex. I don't want to do everything. Sure, I can learn how to do things, and I have done it because there was a need and a necessity. For example, I did not have a photographer when I first started this business. I had one, but eventually I couldn't afford to pay him. So I had to learn how to do photography myself. But otherwise, if I want to outsource something, I'm going to do it. Maybe it's the tourist in me, but I work too damn hard to want to do everything. I need to rest to be the best that I can be. So if there is someone or a program that can do it better than me, Sign assist up. And making more money in your business gives you the freedom to make those choices that'll make your life easier. It isn't only about the zeros in your account. Sometimes it's about simply improving the quality of your life, like having better health insurance or having better access to quality equipment and supplies. So try this exercise. Write out all of the things or tasks that you have to do you can group them by personal and professional tasks. And which tasks that are important but you don't want to do? I can think of one, for example. Accounting and bookkeeping. Like, who wouldn't love to outsource that? If you can afford the investment to outsource something, I encourage you to do so and just see how you feel. And if you can't right now, consider this one of your goals and wanting to have higher rates. So speaking of higher rates, when you do charge more, you won't feel compelled to offer so many services in your suite to hit your monthly income goals. You can focus on higher ticket offers that your ideal clientele needs. So therefore, you're working smarter, not harder. When I first started Darting Creative, I offered various services. I offered website design, social media management, product styling, and photography. And I was tired and honestly annoyed to have to jump from one task to the next. So I honed in on what was bringing in the most income and what I loved to do. And finding your ideal mix of offerings definitely takes trial and error, but I will say focusing on one clientele with one problem certainly makes things a lot easier. 
I prefer to price for depth, not breadth, which pretty much means offering packages within a service or options. Currently, I only offer four packages, three within content creation for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands, and one package for branding photography clients. This allows me to be consistent in my messaging, continue to be considered a go-to within the content creation space, serve a specific audience, and just raise those rates. Sure, I can work on providing other offers, and I have tried, believe you me, but that is not where my attention needs to be right now. The question is, what can I do well? How can I elevate the customer experience while doing what I do well? And how can I maintain that peace of mind and happiness so I can best serve my people? Which leads to the next thing that happens when you increase your rates. When you increase your rates, it leaves less room for excuses and bullshit. It requires you to elevate yourself and show up at a higher frequency for your clients, which in turn, your clients will reciprocate. I remember reading about this in You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. You will instinctively expect more from yourself. You'll ask yourself, what do I need to do and who do I need to be in order to offer a worthwhile experience to my clientele? You're probably asking yourself at this point, you know, this is all great, but how do I actually increase my rates, Tamara? And as I said earlier, There is a trial and error to finding the right pricing and mix. Pricing isn't a one-size-fits-all situation either. But here are three factors to consider. Number one, your lifestyle. I made this number one because I feel like people tend to forget this one the most. Like, literally sit down and ask yourself, how much does it cost to truly live and eat? Start at operating expenses or cost of business. What programs and software do you use? Did you purchase equipment? Did you invest in training? Was there a startup cost? What about the tax rate? These are definitely costs to consider when determining your prices. And if you're running your business full time, you should also be considering your personal expenses. That includes transportation, food, your rent, cell phone bill, which can actually be an itemized expense as a utility, just an FYI. And next, after all of those expenses, what profit do you want to make? So in other words, your discretionary income once the dust settles. Asking yourself these questions will give you a better idea of how much you should probably charge. And it's probably a little bit more than what you're charging right now. And listen, The point here isn't to feel guilty or to go on a pity party about not charging enough, right? You now have this information, so you now have the power to use it and implement it. If you're early on in your business, again, it is okay to offer an introductory rate. Other people will say otherwise, but I get doing things at your comfort level. However, you shouldn't shortchange yourself. And this leads me to factor number two, experience and competitive advantage. I shared on Instagram the other day that a year into business, I was charging $1,500 for 15 photos. And this was in 2016. I wasn't shooting out of a studio. Well, I was shooting out of a studio. It was my New York City apartment studio. I didn't have fancy equipment. I didn't have clients knocking down my door. And since I was shooting with my iPhone, like a 5S or a 6S, whatever was the phone at the time, Long story short, I was bold, 
But I knew a few things. I knew I had six years of business merchandising experience, working with a Fortune 500 company. I had wardrobe styling experience. I had built a portfolio that showed my talents and experience, and I was consistent with my messaging. In other words, I had the range. The skills were transferable, just the medium had changed. And so how many of us have thought we weren't really experts with some skin in the game, but we had whole degrees and years of experience that prove that we can execute? Don't shortchange your experience. While you'll be forever learning, you know more than enough to get started and charge a considerable rate. One tip you can use to remind yourself of just how bomb you actually are is a brag bank. So this was an exercise I learned from Danielle Leslie, who is the queen of course creation. And a brag bank is exactly what it sounds like. It is a list of all your accomplishments and experiences, whether big or small, that exhibit your expertise and credibility. When I first did this exercise, it was a complete eye-opener because it forced me to remember all of the things I did prior to starting my business. For example, I interned at Glamour and Essence magazine while still in college. I worked at Old Navy and Banana Republic factory doing their visual merchandising. I was designing closets that ranged in price from $1,000 to $45,000 for the container store. I was enough then. So what makes you think you're not enough now to get started? Women, especially black women, are taught to be humble and anything else is arrogance or unaccepted. But let me tell you something, and here is the honest to God's truth. Being confident is the key to your survival. Exhibiting your expertise is how you will eat out here. I encourage you to really sit down and do this exercise. It'll give you the confidence boost to add several hundred dollars to your current rates. Competitive advantage really comes from the idea of what is it about your service that makes it stand out. Do you have a streamlined, standardized process? Can you really explain the transformation to your clientele? Do you have social proof or testimonials? Has your service provided your client with more confidence more time, more money. This is why I stress getting effective testimonials. And this is something that I talked about in the networking with intention episode. To wrap this factor up, people buy from people. So start that brag bank and get those amazing testimonials. The last factor to consider in your pricing is market research. I say this factor with hesitance because pricing research honestly is so inconsistent and all over the place. What I charge $4,000 for now, um, someone may charge 10,000 for the same thing and so on and so forth. And while I do think it is helpful to get an idea of the industry standard or opinion, whatever that means for you, I really take it for a grain of salt. One way I've actually used market research recently is to see the um, career prospects of a job or hiring prospects of a job. For example, if there is a high popularity for the job or if research thinks it won't be as needed in the next year or so. Nothing is permanent and I can be hot today and put into oblivion the next. 
So this is sometimes a good gauge to look at the career prospects instead of income potential. Hopefully this episode took some of the worry out of pricing. If you take nothing from this episode, I want you to take this. While you'll be a forever student in your business, you're way more experienced than you think. You should first celebrate it, and second, increase those rates like yesterday. And on that note, this wraps up another edition of Real Talk with Tamara, real talk for real women. If you like what you've heard, please share with Reckless Abandon. And don't forget to follow on iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next episode. Until next time, remember to grind with grace and love, peace, and do you, boo.